calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! tomorrow hello tomorrow yeah or like last weekend or forever you know whatever whatever you choose to do with your costuming is your business um if you have been following us on social media you know some of our business when it comes to halloween we have been posting a little history of our buffy related halloween costumes we started in season three um took us a couple seasons to realize we should dress up as things from buffy Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and season three we dressed up as joyce and giles circa band candy which was a good time uh so we posted that a couple weeks ago then last Last week, we posted our season four costume where we dressed up as Tara and Willow moving a vending machine across the room. And tomorrow uh, on Halloween, we will be posting our costumes for this season. Um, And we got a little creative this year. I think I think we did a good job. I'm greatly pleased. (laughs) And I'm also greatly pleased to tell you all that there's a poster involved and it's not a magic eye poster or a poster of balls. You'll have to wait until tomorrow (laughs) to see what it is. But heads up, the first 50 people to order something from our U.S.-based Hello Merch store tomorrow will get a free version of our surprise Halloween poster for free included in your package. Wonder what it might be. Wow, what could it be? Guess you'll just have to follow us at Buffering Cast to find out. That's right. right. Uh, Speaking (laughs) of following us at Buffering Cast, remember to tag us in your costumes from this past weekend or from this week. uh, And check out uh, Angel on Top, our sister podcast about Angel. You can find them at Angel on Top Cast on social media. They're doing some really fun costume-related giveaways, so it wouldn't hurt to tag them too. Get in the running for some fun Angel uh, prizes. And... um, you know, apart from Halloween, we have a pretty big announcement today. Are you ready for it? I am ready. Okay, great. Well, that's all that you are the only person who needs to be ready, Jenny. Here it goes. We have been plotting and planning for this year's third annual Buffy prom, and we have decided on a location and on yes. a date. Yes. Technically, we've actually decided on dates because we're making prom a two-night affair this year. So, what? I know. 
Save the date. This year, we are going to be proming it up in Brooklyn, New York at the beautiful Bell House. So excited to prom it up in the Bell House. If you've been there, you know it's a freaking gorgeous, amazing space. We're going to be doing a live taping of season five, episode 15, I Was Made to Love You, on Friday night, April 17th. And then the next night, the following night, Saturday, April 18th, we will be doing our most epic prom to date. I can't wait. Do you think that it's just a coincidence that Bell House sounds an awful lot like Hell Mouth? (laughs) Wow, Jenny, you know, it doesn't seem like a coincidence, does it? Our ticketing link will go live for our patrons on Wednesday, November 6th, and then we'll go on sale to the public at large on Wednesday, November 13th. There will be a limited amount of VIP tickets and bundled tickets, and you'll be able to find out all the information as we have it at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash prom. Wow. Are you going to sing, welcome to the bell house, ba-da-ba, welcome to yes. the bell house, da-da-da-da. Absolutely. <laughs> Try and stop me. <laughs> um, so as Jenny mentioned, our patrons get advanced ticketing. That's true for all of our shows moving forward. And um, there's a lot of other things happening on Patreon. I just want to take a second to tell you about them. First of all, November 8th is the third installment of my comic book club. We're reading the Boom Buffy comic series, the new Buffy comic series from Boom. And we'll be discussing issues. Let's see, we did one and two, we did three and four. And so now we're doing five, six and seven this November 8th. Whoa. Yes. So if you're a $5 patron or higher, um, you have that link, you'll be able to join us. And also on December 21st, Jenny and I are doing a Buffy watch, a very special holiday Buffy watch. Uh, And there's a vote happening right now on what we're going to watch. I want to let you know that there are a few things in the running. Fool for Love is in the running. Amends is in the running. And then also Nightmare Before Christmas is in the running, as is Mm. Scream 2, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. So, a holiday classic. A holiday classic, exactly. So if you want to vote for what we'll be watching, get on over there. All of our patrons are eligible to vote and to participate at that Buffy Watch on the 21st of December. And uh, if we haven't mentioned it, you can find all of this information by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com. You can just click on Patreon and it'll take you over to our Patreon page. Also, we've got a San Francisco live show coming up on December Six tickets are on our website. There's still a handful available. So if you want to be at that show, snag one before they are gone. You can find that on our events page. Yes, this is probably not going to be a show where you can walk up on the 6th and snag a ticket. So you want to get those ahead of time. Um, Jenny, the only thing spookier than not being able to get a ticket to our San Francisco show (laughs) (laughs) is spooky news. Okay, so Jenny, um, here's the deal. Uh, It's Halloween, um, an extra spooky Mm -hmm. time of year, but uh, it's this one particular house in Des Moines, Iowa. uh, They had Halloween a little early when their basement filled with five inches of blood. Yeah. Yeah. um, Hell yeah. Speaking of floods, our email inbox and our Twitter account were flooded with this story. As a matter of fact, it's the (laughs) first time that I've ever done 
done spooky news without the news story up in front of me. That's how many times I read about wow. the blood in the basement. People uh, are on the lookout. Yes. How thoughtful. Um, thankfully, they are not a house that's built on top of or near to a cemetery or graveyard. They're a house that's Phew. next to a meat locker. Sorry, vegans. Sorry, vegetarians. Um, but apparently this was a, a case of clogged pipes next to a meat locker and wow yeah could you imagine opening the door to your basement and just seeing five it's not even like it was like a small amount of blood like five inches of blood so much blood has this ever happened to you now here's a way that spike could make himself useful uh in oh my god yeah state. spike would have been you know, so excited hoovering up wet vacking up some some uh, <laughs> flood basement blood <laughs> So, Halloween Scoobies, that has been your spooky, bloody news. Spooky news. Well, in news that is not quite so spooky, it's time for the results of the first Sexual Tension Awards that had Xander uh, in every category. Oh, is it the first so, time Xander's been in every category? Congratulations, man. Can you imagine a time before this when that would have happened? I don't know. You were talking about Xander it, and a Speedo for months. It takes two, baby. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, okay. So, ah, uh, this is a landslide. This is a bloodslide or a landslide, <laughs> however you want to look at it. Uh I can't even believe how sweeping this victory is. Down, way down at the bottom of the ladder, we've got Stud Xander and Big Gay Real Estate Agent with just a measly 2% of the vote. Is that you, Jenny? Did you vote? <laughs> yeah, that was that was my vote. Uh, just above them, it's everyone's least favorite pairing, Xander and Riley with 3% of the vote. Oh, sorry, boys. Then, with 8% of the vote, we've got a little Xander on Xander action. That's let me tell you, the bottom three slots out of four only account for 13% of the vote. Mm. So with a sweeping, massive, undeniable 87% of the vote, it is my great honor and pleasure to award this episode's Sexual Tension Award to two Anyas. Nope, that's my fantasy. Two Xanders. One Anya. 87% of the vote. Two Xanders. One Anya. Congratulations. Yes. Everyone. Your trophies are in the mail. Uh, Anya, yours is coming direct. Uh, Xander, we sent yours to Toth first so he can split it into two <laughs> for you, sir. Uh, yes. <laughs> wow. Also, it was Jenny, for like 30% of the time that you were reading the results, I was just humming lightly to myself um, the song Landslide, but with Bloodslide in the place <laughs> of Landslide. <laughs> yeah. Did it work? Did it work? Roll yeah. right off the tongue? Yeah, it was pretty nice, I think. Um, One last thing before we roll on into the episode, uh, which is why you're here, I think. But who knows? Maybe you're here for the intro. Um, I wanted to let everyone know that... Um, in conjunction with a crowdfunded campaign that I did um, at the end of the summer to support the podcast I'm doing about my so-called life called The Boiler Room, uh, one of the reward levels was to donate a talk to a GSA um, at a high school or a middle school so I could Skype in and talk with them. And it's been so incredible. Um, I had six of those donated and they've all already been taken by interested middle schools and high schools. And it made me realize that um, that is something that would be so appealing and that for a a lot of schools, it's funding that 
is the barrier. I actually have started a Patreon of my own um, with the intentionality of funding the work that I do in general with LGBTQ communities, but also very specifically, I'm trying to reach a goal over there so that I can do one talk every single month for a middle school or a high school GSA. Sometimes I'll do community centers as well. You know, we'll be a little flexible with where those go. Um, And so I want to let you know that on my website, kristinnoline.com, you can just go on over there um, and all the information is there for you on how you can donate if you want to support that. You can see the goal over on that Patreon page. uh, And I would love your help if you want to help me reach it because it is definitely of interest uh, and I want to keep it going. So thank you for listening to my totally non-spooky news. Nice. (laughs) All right, Jenny, are you ready to talk about chips and brains and all sorts of other nonsense? I'm ready. Let's do it. Hell yeah. And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And this week, guess what? We are talking about season five, episode four, Out of My Mind. Stay tuned at the end of our podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny, recapping the Buffy episode that we are discussing. And if you haven't started listening to Angel on Top yet, if you didn't guess, that's our Angel podcast. It's hosted by Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach. It's amazing. And I'm not even Mm. saying that because it's our sister podcast. It's really good. Uh, It is a true blast. Out of My Mind was written by Rebecca Rand Kirchner and directed by David Grossman originally aired on October 17th in the year 2000. And this is the one where, while Riley's health begins to deteriorate, Spike and Harmony force a surgeon to remove the behavior modification chip embedded in Spike's brain. What a summary. (laughs) A tale as old as time. Could you imagine if you didn't watch Buffy and that was the description that you read and you were like, that's what this series is about? (laughs) oh wow so this is the one yeah this is the one with the chip that's a penny and the the boyfriend who's a misogynist oh i mean oh coming out hot (laughs) i just feel like that's really extreme but congratulations on shutting off your empathy receptors no it is for riley it is extreme as willow says later in the episode i'm just trying to get it going Okay, so the previously on takes us way back. I love when a previously on does that. It's like, okay, well, um, if they just started in season five, there was this guy named Adam. He put floppy disks oh my in his God. chest. <laughs> yeah, is this the first time we've seen Adam in a previously on without him saying mommy? There was one because I kept track. <laughs> Because <laughs> I hated it every time. And there was only one. Pre- I don't remember which one it was, but I know there was one previously on where he did not say, Mommy. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't say it here. And, you know, we, we basically get the gist that this is going to be an episode that harkens back to the days of the initiative uh, before we burned it to the ground and salted the earth. Well, Buffy's having a very good week. <laughs> Buffy's having a great week, especially in she that is- purple scarf. And a purple scarf that she doesn't mind slaying in. And 
she's clearly been training hard yeah and studying hard yeah. uh because she's staking vampires before, before they even eject themselves from their graves yeah all of that practice is paying off all of that uh training you can really see it in action and it seems like all Unt of the men in her life would like a yeah piece of yeah that. unfortunately unfortunately her sling is um uh imposed upon by a bad case of boyfriendus interruptus <laughs> Wow, Johnny, got... that's going to be your recurring season five joke. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we've got Riley tossing a vampire up into the air uh, against this the roof of a crypt, which mm -hmm. is pretty tight. Mm -hmm. Then we've we've got freaking Spike showing up. Buffy's like, "Can I get a stake in Edgewise?" Here? Yeah, like, Buffy what's is so happening? over it. A hundred percent, and um... not just Spike. <laughs> We learned that before uh, the moment that you know you're going to get a jingle for, we learned that vampires can get bloody noses. Maybe we don't learn that, but it just seemed so jarring to me that I was like, is this the first time we've seen a vampire with a bloody nose? It is the first time we've seen a vampire with a bloody Spike's nose. Is it Spike's blood or is it somebody else's blood coming out of his nose? Like how? No, Spike got punched in the face so hard that his body flipped around 360 degrees in the air. Yeah. So... I'm gonna say that's his nose blood. That he well, well, my question was was more. I didn't mean it. Is it the vampire's blood from whatever? I meant do vampires like have we resolved the issue? Do they? I have mean, I think that we just are meant to accept that vampires have blood, and it's like none of our business. Okay, great. <laughs> so then, then. Spike and Riley are like, yeah, Buffy, yeah, uh, uh. And fucking Buffy is like, yo, you you know, I don't want you out here. And fucking Riley is like, she's right. You shouldn't be out here when she's patrolling. And Buffy gives Riley a look that is, it, this is the look of my jingle. Like if my jingle had a facial expression, this would be it. Listen, I'm not above saying that this is not Riley's best episode, right. but um, I also would like to point out that he is going through a lot, both uh, biologically and also emotionally. Okay. So um, I don't know if we need to position him directly under the bus and then roll it over him repeatedly when he's already... Well, kind of on the ground. Okay, listen. So we're going to get into it early in this episode because it last, I think it was last episode that I talked about, I think it was last episode that Riley was sort of saying like, I love your elbows and I love, I love every piece of you. And at that point in our conversation, I was like, I believe this, but I have more to say, but I'm going to wait on that. And that is what is unearthed in this episode. And I think in a lot of Riley's behavior since we've met Riley, but certainly this episode, this episode underlines the fact that Riley is threatened by Buffy's power by Buffy's strength and he does not feel comfortable with the idea of being less powerful or at least drastically less powerful than Buffy so while I think that Riley does love all of the pieces of Buffy he only is able to hold on to that love when he can match her 
in strength or come close to matching her in strength. He struggles with being less powerful. And I think that- I, This is so interesting because I feel like you are 50% there, but like you are leaving out the whole rest of him as a human being. Like, yes, he is uncomfortable and insecure in moments, but I don't think that it has anything to do with him being less powerful than Buffy or less powerful than his female partner in general. I think it has everything to do with what is it for a human being to date a supernatural being? And like, how can you ever really reconcile those very different experiences? He's not worried about being not as strong as Buffy. He's worried about Buffy not getting what she needs from him. Right. He's worried about being normal to her supernatural, so to speak. Uh, and I'm not erasing, I'm not trying to erase the rest of his person. But I think that when we talk about, you know, uh, the patriarchy and misogyny and other things, we're not saying that like someone is just that one thing we're saying. Well, I mean, some people are, but <laughs> usually there are many things happening at once. I'm just pointing out that I think that this episode is for me the sort of the core of why I want Riley to go away. Am I aware and totally here for the many facets of Riley? Yes. I mean, I'm at least here to like listen to them, but I don't think that that takes away from the fact that there's an element of Riley that feels threatened by Buffy. Yeah, she's the fucking slayer. And am I saying that like I wouldn't feel threatened in that position? <laughs> no. Yeah, congratulations on never feeling insecure in a relationship with a, a, a human being that's biologically identical to you, let alone someone who is imbued with ancient power and a sacred duty. Listen, I'm not. But that's the thing is that the world I just is, don't think it's misogyny. I think like you're you're mislabeling it. Oh, uh, well, I say misogyny. You say potato. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I do. And don't potatoes come from Iowa? <laughs> I just, I think that there is misogyny in here. Do I think it's the only element? No. But I definitely think that there's misogyny in here. And then, and like, that's such a, the, misogyny is a word uh, like feminism, where I think people have like a, can have like a very visceral response to it, right? Like you say misogyny and people are like, oh my God, that's like, the worst thing you could say about a person or whatever. <laughs> Some people feel that way about the word feminist. Um, but I, you know, I just mean it to underline structural, and I know you know this, but I'm just sort of clarifying it for everyone here who's like, what's happening? Why are they yelling at each other? But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to say that like that, it's a structural thing. I'm not saying Riley is a misogynist. I'm saying that I think that there's misogyny involved in what's happening between Riley and Buffy. I want to toss like one more stick in this fire well this is not it's not like a stick in the fire that's just going don't to, put like, it too close ignite. to the monkey's head <laughs> <laughs> i i taped an episode of uh slayer fest 98 last night with uh with our buddy ian carlos crawford yeah uh and one of the other guests was uh author and pulitzer prize winner and famous riley defender emily newsbaum and she made a really interesting point about Buffy and Riley, which I feel like is at the root of a lot of people's like distaste for Riley, but they don't necessarily perceive it that way. Mm -hmm. It just feels like there is like an energetic mismatch. Like there is something missing from their relationship from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And as their relationship develops, Riley continues to search and reach for that. And Buffy is like, unable to give it to him and 
I think that would frustrate anybody. What is Emily position he is reaching for? I don't want to say too much because of like where we are. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Well, uh, we're hoping that we get a chance to talk to. I mean, I might, I might That's need. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, I want to talk to Emily. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jenny. Jenny comes out like, just so you know, a Pulitzer Prize winning <laughs> author <laughs> actually defends Riley. So, <laughs> I will please give me a few months to find another Pulitzer Prize winning Buffy fan who does Riley not defend Riley, so that we are equally. <laughs> matched in this argument <laughs> anyway wow so you get top heavy riley arguments here and out of my mind but that's good because it means we can probably just have a blast for the rest of the episode yeah we <laughs> party 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 so okay so spike is eating his own nose blood by the way you can email us and i know you probably already <laughs> are but you can email us at buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com and just go off because i know that everybody's banging on their fucking steering wheels and they got a lot to say in both directions so send it and all as to you us. know i don't read the emails so say whatever you want oh i'll forward them all to her you don't worry How don't you worry you. your heads about it okay so spike is eating his own nose blood and defending himself <laughs> <laughs> what he does that's what he does and then we get this scene so it's sort of like a breakaway scene still in the cemetery but riley for the first time of two in the episode is like you want to go again and this time he's talking about killing vamps the next time he's talking about bucking there's this very funny moment where buffy's like no unless you want to go kill spike they look at each other and they're like yeah we don't do that here <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then so you said who wrote the episode up at the top, right, Jenny? Yeah, it's Rebecca Rand Kirshner. And who, I, I believe this is the first yeah, first one for her. This is the first one for her, and she will be writing more. And I think she comes out hot. She's I think this is written very well. Uh, and, yeah, and, hell yeah. And like written by somebody who obviously knows these characters and the way that they dialogue. Um, we get some pretty dramatic Spike stuff in this episode. This monologue, I will know your blood slayer. I will make your <laughs> neck my chalice. The drama. <laughs> and drink deep. But it's all the drama set up for him to then fall into an open grave and for us to cut to the credits. It's so I good. Love, it. love seeing Spike fall in a hole. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Okay, then after the credits, we've got Willow and Buffy. Are you ready? Buckle your seatbelts. Having ready. an academic debate. Yes. It's pretty hot. It's really great. It's really, really great. And my favorite part is that at the end of it, after they've sort of like had the meta conversation of like, hey, we're having an academic debate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Willow's like, wow, you've been studying so much. And it's like so exciting. Should I be watching my occipital lobe? And it takes <laughs> Buffy so long. To get the joke that she's like, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently this is, you don't need to watch your occipital lobe. It's really cute, too, because it's like Buffy and Willow. I don't know. Like, they are very um, tender and f like very familiar with each other, like with their touch. Like Willow touches Buffy's head at one point when she's talking about her brain. And I just I don't know. I just feel like they've gotten really close and it's really sweet. And this is like a way that they could bond. Uh, they're arguing about the French revolutionaries. Um, and I don't know. I think it's it's sweet. And it's also just adorable to see Willow get this excited about being able to engage in a friendship that she's had for years in a totally new way. Yeah, she's been waiting for this moment, and here it is. 
So meanwhile, Xander is measuring twice and cutting once. Uh, he Yo, used to... his carpentry skills are really like blowing up. He's... Yeah, it's hot. Doing great. I'm sorry. It's... It is hot. You know how you felt about the Speedo that I never could get on board with? That's yes. how I feel about Xander measuring twice and cutting once. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, he could fucking measure Anya twice and cut... <laughs> Didn't somebody tweet about how the this podcast has gotten exceptionally horny lately? Yes, yes, they did. They commented on an Instagram post of ours that was about threesomes. So whatever. Well, sorry. Um, I want to not to not to steer us away from sexiness, but uh, in the next beat, we sort of like pan through the magic box, which is looking great, uh, and we see that Tara's there, and then we get to Anya, who's like. Who put the monkey head near the sticks water? Do you want us to have monkey guts everywhere? She's so pissed off. And so I was like, what is sticks? Because I turned the captions on. And then like, I was like, from the river sticks? Yeah. Do you, did you already know what the river sticks was, Jenny? Oh, yes. Please. Well, then you tell us because I looked it up. Well, it's um the river that you have to cross in order to get to the land of the dead in Greek and Roman mythology. And yeah. you have to give, I think it's Charon. You've got to give him... Uh, a payment of some kind. Oh, I didn't read about Charlie. Uh To get on the boat, and then he ferries you across the River Styx. And the River Styx is just full of all the kinds of things you would think that a river of death would be full of. You don't want to fall in. You can't swim across. Oh, God. Well, so th that's interesting, right? Because there's th that is th what I looked up as well, that it's the principal river in Hades and um, all of that, and it crosses over, yada, yada. But then also there was a segment of my research that said that the river sticks is believed to have magical properties that could make a person invulnerable. Achilles was allegedly dipped into the river by his mother, making him invulnerable, but his ankle remained a weak point as he was suspended by it when he was dipped into the river. Achilles became a great warrior. You probably know this tale. He eventually died when an arrow struck him in the ankle, and that became known as the Achilles heel. Okay, first of all, I can't believe you didn't give me the opportunity to tell the story of Achilles. I'm so As we sorry. all know how good I am at recounting stories. Fuck. <laughs> uh, very specifically, but you know what really always bothered me about that story? It's like you're making your, you're dipping your child into the river to make him invulnerable and you're holding him by the ankle, why not just then hold him by the other ankle and dip him again? Right. They probably didn't think dumb about dumb. it. Probably didn't think about it. I mean, listen, Jenny, when I was a little baby, my mom took me to the beach. I kind of grew up on the beach because I spent my first 12 years of life on Long Island um, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And so f before I was in school, I just lived at the beach. And the first time that I went to the beach, uh, Robert Moses Field 5, in case you're wondering, Long Islanders, uh, before I went to the beach for the first time, my mom like slathered me in suntan lotion and she put uh, like a onesie on me that had long sleeves and what have you, what have you. But then she washed my hands because she didn't want me to get like suntan lotion in my eyes. And so at the end of the day, I was like baby Kristen, butt white all over but white except for my two hands which don't worry listener they didn't burn because i am half italian they just got deep brown so i just had two very tan baby hands and a very white rest of my body so i'm just saying <laughs> even the best parents <laughs> can sometimes forget so the yes. achilles heel you've heard of that but um have you heard of the Kristen hands have you i have now yeah <laughs> okay so Giles is trying to save money by selling salamander eyes instead of newt eyes. Willow is pissed. She is a, what do you call that? Not a traditionalist, a purist. She's a purist. A purist, she, a newt eye purist. Yes. Um, and then 
So um, was it last episode that the vertical spooning happened? Uh, one, one or two episodes ago. So I would like to posit that ninth base, Jenny, is when your girlfriend reads your palm and and she can't just read your palm. She has to read your palm and say, what I've gathered from my reading is this is a willow hand. Yeah. <laughs> In this scene, I was like, oh, man, Tara's doing that classic fucking woman thing where you're like oh i wish i could do i i wish i could do the cool thing that that i could do but i'm just like not good enough but i'd love to like watch and learn and i'm like no tara you've been conditioned and then she looks at willow's palm and she's like this is a willow hand and i'm like oh yeah no you should just watch for a while honey you do need a minute (laughs) so there's a new training room. Yes. And Giles and Xander, I think. It seems like Giles and Xander made it together. And it's very sweet. And it's unfortunate that the first thing that happens when Puffy steps inside <laughs> is her enormous golden retriever <laughs> uh, leaps from the corner and uh, tackles her to the ground. Meaning the best. Having the best of intentions. But really just like having a poor sense of timing and anyone's desire to be tackled. Yeah. But also it's interesting that you said, because I was wondering if Riley had any involvement in this. Because I got the sense that he didn't either. And I was kind of like, let them have their, like, let them have their moment. You know, like Giles and Xander in here. And they, and they seem fine with it. They don't seem super bothered. But his uh, heart is beating 150 (laughs) times per minute. Cut the man some slack. I will never cut a man any slack, Jennifer. Um, I want to make a note about the fact that there are so many bells and whistles in this training room. It's like so awesome. It's so cool. And they have a stationary bike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they've got a pommel horse, a stationary bike, a dummy stuffed with straw. I just like I I know that we don't spoil anything in this series, but I promise you, listener, that we will literally never see Buffy riding a stationary bike. (laughs) Alas. Alas. Um, And then Buffy has this uh, sort of, you know, thankful monologue where she's like, it's like they're the tooth fairy. What did she say? The Santa Claus and Q. And then everybody like pauses. We've been getting a lot of um, Star Trek references uh yes in this show this season uh, and she's like no no no, not q from star trek q from bond jenny do you know who those cues are so q from bond is like the tech person right like the person who's like here's the gadget here's how it works yeah it's said that he was the fictional research and development division uh, right. Or the head, rather, of the research and development division in the British Secret Service. Uh, but Q from Star Trek is a whole other, like, bad vibe. In my very brief research, it, I could, didn't get the sense that Q was, like, so horrible. It sounds like he's, um, like, there's a lot of, like, comic, uh, not relief, but it's, here's what I, I copied and pasted, Okay. He's initially presented as a cosmic, not he, actually, I think Q is um, any gender of person, is initially presented as a cosmic force judging humanity to see if it's becoming a threat to the universe. Um, But as the series progresses, his role morphs more into one of a teacher to Picard and the human race, albeit often in seemingly destructive or disruptive ways, subject to his own amusement. Q is like a chaotic kind of like, I guess chaotic neutral Mm. Uh, kind of force and very like um, condescending, I think, is like the uh, thing. And also, if you look up a picture of Q, you're like, oh, yeah, 
that that entity will condescend to me. I think it was Q in Star Trek that like could be because Q was many different um, pe- people, I think. But now I'm worried that I'm confusing the Qs and it's actually the Q from Bond that was me- I don't know. So we got to go because you know where we're going to we're- a place I know much better than Star Trek oh. and Bond to... Yo, this is, I think, my favorite Spike line of the entire series, maybe? Wow. Oh, Pacey, you blind idiot. Can't you see she doesn't love you? <laughs> this is incredible for so many reasons. Yeah. A, Spike is a not just a casual viewer of Dawson's Creek, but he is like following the narrator. He has strong opinions about <laughs> the all of the characters. And as usual... He has the emotional intelligence to see what those around him do not. <laughs> Pacey, you blind idiot. She doesn't love you. Yeah. Do you know who he's talking about, Jenny? Spoilers um, for he, Dawson's Creek. Uh, is he talking about Joey? Is he talking about the teacher that Pacey No, Those are the two options that I had in my mind as well. And he's talking about Joey. So I looked it up because this is like fu- really fun. I mean, it's fun for us now because we're like, yay, 90s nostalgia. But at the time, these shows were airing on the same network. Right. And I believe incredible. I don't even know if that if this was still happening, you can let us know. But I believe that they were also airing back to back at one point and maybe even at this point. <laughs> so this uh, episode aired on the 17th of October in 2000. Uh, season four of Dawson's Creek came back on October 4th of 2000. So season four is hot off the presses. And what happened at the end of season three is that Joey chose to go with Pacey instead of with Dawson. And so we open season go four where? with Joey and uh, Pacey, like returning from their trip or whatever. So it's like, we're really in there. So if you were like, you if wait, we, are you telling me the end of season three of Dawson's Creek is that Joey has the the choice of going on vacation with Pacey or Dawson. I don't think. That's the- <laughs> Sorry, I guess I didn't give enough detail. Uh, I don't know. It's not that she has a choice of going on vacation. It's that um, Pacey is going somewhere. He's like leaving to go somewhere on a boat. That's all I know. Um, sure, and, sure. And she's making a choice not to go on a boat with Dawson or a boat with Pacey, but just to like be with Dawson or to be with Pacey. And Dawson is also sorry. I, I if I'm messing any of this up to the Dawson's Creek mega fans I apologize but um from what I understand and remember Joey is talks to Dawson and Dawson's like you need to be your own person and make your own choices and she's like cool dude bye and then she gets on the boat with Pacey where Pacey's going and so they've been away and now they're back and Spike is like she doesn't love you man can't you see it she only has eyes for Dawson uh I don't even know if that's true I shouldn't get ahead of myself we need Brittany Ashley in here she's a Dawson's Creek seriously okay <laughs> Moving right along. Okay, so guess who's here at Spike's Crypt? Harmony. It's Harmony. In she's looking for asylum because crypt. she's Buffy's arch nemesis now and she, she needs to be hidden. Uh, she needs a place to stay and she'll do anything. Yes, anything. 
<laughs> oh, you mean will I have sex with you? Well, yeah. It's really great because Spike is like really trying to like build the sexual tension in this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, anything? And she's like, do you mean will I fuck you? Yeah, dude, whatever. And he's like, womp womp. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this is really fu- this is really fun and funny. And um, Harmony is smoking because she feels like that's what a villain does, which is in keeping with many villains. Yeah, um, she's doing a bad job. She's doing heart. a horrible job. But then, you know, here's a great idea. And it's sort of the seed of this idea was planted in real me. Spike tried to get Harm to kill Buffy in that episode, too, because he's like, I can't do it, but you can. But now they're really going to come together so that he can be the brains and she can be the brawn. Yeah. (laughs) Can you help with the thinking, she says, which... (laughs) He can. Also, while they're having this conversation, this is so fucking weird. Spike, like, chalks up his hands. He, like... Oh, yeah. So he's either... Here are my theories. He's either about to do some, like, bar gymnastics. (laughs) um, Or he's about to go rock climbing. Ooh. Like, I chalk my hands when I go rock climbing. Uh, Or he's about to do some, like, very weird sex stuff that requires some, like superior grip wow what is that i mean i don't know i i like i i stopped there in not my to own reveal mind. myself as someone who does not know about weird sex stuff that requires good grip with chalk and you hands, know but. weird is weird is more of a, a like a judgy sounding word That's true. i didn't mean that perhaps just like less typical kinky less typical sex kinky stuff. sex stuff Cool. Well, so. hope they have a good time with that. So, uh, across town, Buffy and Riley have been fucking. Oh my god! And I'm sorry, but a thing I probably wouldn't want to hear after like a good lay is, "Boy, that was relaxing." This is what I'm saying. <laughs> so is they this are thing? just mismatched. They're missing each other. They probably have opposite moons. Um. Oh my god. I think I I really love when. <laughs> I really love when Buffy says she has the endurance of 10 men and Riley's like, hey, let's just make it 10 women for the sake of imagery, please. Okay. Uh, But then Buffy's like, it takes a lot to wear me out. And Riley's like, I love a challenge. And we're all like, ew. (laughs) Yeah. But but it does confirm, I think, something we posited um, a couple seasons ago or last season that I think we had a conversation around like, so if she's the slayer, it probably means she can, right? So she's... She's super giving strength us in all areas. Yes, yes, super strength even in the bedroom. She can you can take her boot off as many times as you want. Uh, over and over again on an infinite boot removal loop. <laughs> Dawn is speaking of infinite loops. Dawn is in an infinite cereal loop. Uh she's just dumping cereal into every bowl in the house trying to get to the toy. Um which is I have a- to imagine this is still them writing for a 12-year-old and not like, a 14-year-old. Yeah, right? Uh, that's what I thought. But but it's Even not 12 because, seems a little old. For- but it's not though because I think we've already seen an episode where I think it was last episode that Joyce said, "Ah, oh, my two teenage daughters." So Right. Yeah. So I don't know. This 14 year old wants that treat. I mean, I kind of get it. I feel like I still want the treat. There there aren't treats in cereal anymore, you know? Yeah. What the hell? Right. Who's who let that happen? Somebody probably um, choked on one of the toys and then they stopped putting them in there. Anyway, it could be. Uh, so in, so Dawn gets her cereal prize. But then the next thing that she gets is Joyce fainting in the kitchen, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah, it's really scary because also she doesn't just faint. She looks right at Dawn and says, who are you? And then. Um, falls to the so floor scary. and she falls to the floor with like plates that drop so it's just very 
Very scary. And Dawn should uh, get a little credit here because Dawn lo- like s- clocks the situation and immediately goes to the phone and dials 911, you know? Yeah, so- I thought, like, I didn't remember exactly what happens here. And I thought it might have been a situation in while I was watching in real time the first time that, like, Dawn might have, like, frozen Right. And then like Buffy might have come in and been like, oh, shit, I got to call 911. Yeah, because it's, it's we've only really seen Dawn kind of like let Harmony in and, you know, she knocked the crystals over. So it's one of the first times that I think we see Dawn really take ownership and do something very powerful and positive. So good job, Dawn. Then we meet hot Dr. Ben. Hot intern Ben. And here's another thing that I don't like. I have a hard time picturing a 14 year old <laughs> do, which is like. Using the stethoscope and touching, like, putting it on a man she just met. Right. First. Right. Then putting it on Buffy while he's, like, basically saying, like, your mom is okay. Uh, And then putting it on Riley. And Riley's heart is significantly different than Ben and Buffy's. It sounds like a stampeding of horses, Riley's heart. It's scary. I don't like body things. And this is like, I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to know what my own heartbeat sounds like. I don't want to know what Riley's heartbeat sounds like. Everybody keep your heartbeats to yourself. (laughs) Be decent, please. Um, The doctor is so, you know, we, we skip a bunch of uh, stuff, which we can gather is Dawn being like, Riley, your heart, it sounds like horses. And then them being like, let's get you to the doctor. And we cut into the scene where the doctor is like, I would get on my knees and beg you to stay. And I'm like, whoa, lady. <laughs> Keep it professional, ma'am. What kind of doctor says I would get on my knees and beg you? It was a lot for me. Um, but basically she's saying like, you could die at any minute. Why the fuck would you leave? Uh, and Riley is just like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I gotta go. Joyce and Dawn pop in. They're like, we're good, you good? And they all leave, Buffy looking very concerned. Then Willow, Buffy, and Dawn get Joyce set up on the couch. This is cute. I love that Willow's like, uh, what about a crossword? Some people say feet a cold. I say puzzle it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like perhaps this new writer of ours of this episode is a big Willow fan because Willow gets a lot yeah. of really willowy lines. Um, True. We can play a game, a very quiet game about being a lump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very sweet. And it's also really sweet because they're also concerned about Joyce and they're like taking care of her. And Yeah, it's, it's really nice. nice. And then Joyce is like, honestly, I'm more worried about Riley. And Buffy's like, oh my gosh, don't worry about Riley. He's not worried. So we shouldn't either. <laughs> Hard cut, cut to. to Buffy furious pacing in her bedroom with willow and dawn being like i don't know what's wrong with him his heart is being bananas and like what why isn't he taking it seriously and i'm so worried and he's gonna get a heart attack flipping out and dawn is being very helpful with a collection of cia and fidel (laughs) castro facts that she has collected from her classmates Uh And, you know, none of, them, none of them help until one of them does. Like, you know, that's the thing that like Buffy, leave room for a brainstorm, man. You know, you got to let you got to yeah. say a bunch of things till one really sticks. And she makes this comment about Big Brother. And if you want them to know something, just. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Say it out loud because they'll be listening and she's like, right. 
I should speak into the dial tone of the fucking phone in Riley's room. Riley's in trouble. He needs help, she says over the dial tone. <laughs> Yo, and like, I mean, that when she picks up that phone, it has like the classic like rit, rit sound of a phone that's been tapped. Um, <laughs> and it's like Riley was in the military. Do you guys have like a subtler phone tap situation <laughs> that you could set up? You think he's not going to notice that? <laughs> then we have a beautiful montage yes, of Riley made sweating, you, sweating, dunking. I actually like don't love what he's wearing in this. Like, I feel like that is like maybe the worst tank top they could have selected for mm. him. But whatever. He's sweating. He's dunking. He spikes a basketball. There's like electric guitar happening. Everybody's <laughs> having a great time. Dunk, 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 dunk. And then he sees Graham, our old buddy Graham. Graham is really one note in it for me in this episode, Jenny. I'm he's really... always he's always been pretty one note, but this episode is like a new level or lack <laughs> oh, I thereof. Think, I think it's just because he doesn't have like the balance of Forrest and he has a lot more lines than usual that I'm like, Graham, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> give us anything give us something yeah uh but he's like trying to get riley to come into the to the doctor to get uh his heart fixed basically right and riley's like fuck that punches graham in the face tosses the other two guys off and runs away runs away and then graham and buffy are talking in the lobby of uc sunnydale uh a bruised a bruised jaw graham appeals <laughs> yes. to buffy please uh, he's in trouble and he really needs to see the doctor, please. Then we get some hot Santa Barbara B-roll. <laughs> Woo-woo. And then we see Riley wandering amongst some caves. And then we get some real good shit. <laughs> Maybe he just needs some time alone. Like, I had this friend once who really liked this girl. And he got all worried that maybe she didn't like him back. And maybe that made him act like a total jerk. Maybe Riley reminds me of that friend. So this is like the, the like classic, my friend has this problem that like is a trope used for when people want to talk about themselves. But in this case, Xander is actually talking about his friend and right. you get in trouble when you try to use this and you actually mean a friend. Because I can tell you from my own high school experience that I had a friend who was like doing a bunch of drugs and I was worried about her and I went to my guidance counselor oh, to no. talk about it. And what I got was oh, no. like monitored for the rest of my high school career <laughs> oh, no. and accused of doing drugs. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, you know, this ploy is not like the best tech, I guess. Right. And Anya certainly doesn't get it. Dude, I love that. <laughs> I care about you, Xander. Don't be insecure. I have this friend who I have on like really good authority, like really <laughs> likes your friend. And then this is like, I love this because like Xander is like trying to help Riley and like trying to like be a friend to everyone. And Anya is like hilariously misconstruing it. And then Buffy is just a fucking bitch. Like she just <laughs> is, I mean, I understand that like there's a lot of, at stake and it's intense and nobody wants Riley to, well, some people probably want Riley to die, but I don't and Buffy doesn't. But, like, it's so extreme. She's just, like, so mean. Well, she's... But also, she is, like, my boyfriend might die at any moment. And Anya's over here, like, my friend, your friend, somebody else's friend. Like, she... <laughs> I get it like I I feel like I might also be like can you all shut up you go to the docks you go to the school well I'm going to the caves but wait I don't know the caves very well well it turns out 
Spike knows the caves pretty fucking well. So over Buffy goes to Spike's lair. Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. Spike, you trench coat. Spike, I love you. Spike, you blackmail. Spike, peroxide. Oh my God. Oh my God. This, what could they be getting up to? It turns out they were just, Spike was chalking up his hands to play 20 questions. <laughs> he's so mad at Harmony. Is it bigger than a bread box? Is it smaller than a bread box? Harmony, is it a sodding bread box? She's, and it is. She's so proud of him. She's like, you're so good at 20 questions. I think oh she even calls God. him Blondie Bear. So. She does. Uh, then Buffy is busting down the door and Harmony, of course, is like, she's found me. And runs, <laughs> hides in the fucking thing. And uh, so Spike gives to Riley one of my favorite Riley nicknames, actually, or um, refers to Riley in a way that might be my favorite in the series as an, the enormous hall monitor. <laughs> Which really got me. And... Spike really pisses Buffy off. Buffy slaps him across the face, which is hot. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then all uh, I've written is, is half life. now, ha-ha. Oh, that's the money. <laughs> yes, yeah, she, like, rips the money in half. <laughs> yeah, so Buffy's like, I have this money, and Spike is like, give me half now and half later. She rips it in half. She leaves. Harmony Yo, is... and I just watched Tom Cruise do this in Eyes Wide Shut the other night. Why? Were you watching Eyes Wide Shut last okay. night? Okay, we don't, we shouldn't get off on like a whole thing, but <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut, you may just remember as like, oh, it's like that, that crazy uh, sex movie. That, exactly. Well, you know what's really fucking fucked up? <laughs> okay. Wow. How can I, that was a Christian sentence cram, if I ever heard one. <laughs> how can I cram like the whole thing? Okay, so basically, if you go and rewatch that movie and then read some Reddit threads about it, okay, uh, you will see that it is actually an indictment of Jeffrey Epstein and people like Jeffrey Epstein. What? And what? And what uh, appears in the film as just like a masked sex party is actually a stand-in for um, something much darker, uh, and it's just like really. Holy intense. shit. Well, I uh, didn't that's pick that why up I rewatched it and it was wild. 16. Wow. And, okay. And there's so much hidden. And also, by the way, Stanley Kubrick turned in what was his like in quotes final cut, but it was three months till the release of the movie at that point, And he was famous for making tweaks all the way until the end. He turned in his final cut and died like five days later. <gasps> Uh-huh. Whoa. And then the movie was marketed as like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman go to a crazy sex party. Oh my like, god. And that's like how we all remember it, but it's actually about this like much wow. much larger darker thing. Wow, I cannot believe that I have to watch this fucking movie again. Okay, great. <laughs> um I remember watching that movie in the theater um as a teenager. Yeah, I Definitely not for teenage brains. No, I, like, I was like, watching it. Was like, wow, I did not know what was going on here. Right. Okay. So after Harmony is like, did, what did she say about me? <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the hospital where this doctor is wearing glasses even tinier than Buffy's undercover sunglasses. Somehow. Yo, they're so tiny. Also, this actor, the doctor, uh, the actor playing the doctor, his name is, are you ready? I'm ready. Time Winter. No. His name is Time Winter. Oh, my God. Okay, so Old Man Winter is wearing tiny glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Father Time, Old Man Winter. Yes, and Spike has decided that the best fucking weapon to bring 
for harmony to control is the crossbow, which I felt would make this you is especially what I'm angry. Always Jenny. saying these idiots. <laughs> They basically kidnap the doctor because Spike wants the chip out of his head and has used his brain uh, to figure out that, hey, fuck it, I'm not going to find Riley. I'm going to find this doctor. So they take the doctor to this medical like classroom, basically, that has some equipment. And he's like, fucking do it to me, doc. Come on, doc. He's like, dude, laying it's back. so like, yeah, with his arms behind his head. Yeah. He's like kicking him a little. Uh-huh. Like, hey, hey, hey. Do me right. <laughs> yes, perhaps we will meet these two in a future nomination. Uh, mm. Just saying. Also, mm-hmm. when we talked to James Marsters, he told us how when he would, um, when they would paint his nails black, he would like find a piece of like metal or glass or whatever and scratch off the nails, but that often you couldn't even see it. You can, oh, but you can see, see it in this it. Yes. I was like, oh my God, that's what he was talking about. That's cool. Harmony is just winging crossbow arrows fucking left yeah. and right. Like a, she's like really <laughs> got to get her shit together. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Willow and Tara are, have you ever noticed that when people are on like a mission uh, in this show and they have to like go search somewhere, they like stroll very slowly side by side so they can talk. <laughs> Listen, this isn't West Wing, you know? We can't all I know. walk so quickly and talk. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so Willow Willow is, like, frustrated with the darkness, so she just, like, whips a little potion bottle out of her bag and makes an enormous, like, fireball sun. And Tara's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you? Um... And Willow's like, oh, it's the spell you showed me. And she's like, no, 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 no. The spell I showed you made a teeny tiny little light. Yeah. Uh, and that is a freaking huge light. And Willow's like, oh, I just like messed around with it until it got bigger. Yeah. She and actually says, like, I tinkered okay. with your Tinkerbell spell. Yeah. Like, I, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's, that's a little moment between them where we're like watching Willow's power grow and watching Tara be like, hum. Yeah. So then, okay, here's what doesn't make any sense. Buffy pays Spike to go find Riley in the caves, but Buffy also goes to the caves? Yeah, I agree. I had the same question. It, it seems like a few pages were left out of the script or right. something. But the question that, that question immediately erased from my mind when I burst out laughing because Riley is just standing inside the cave, punching the cave wall. <laughs> like, it just really got me. But he's like, you know um, what I need to do? I need to go into a cave and I need to punch the cave wall over and over Well, again. listen, <laughs> he's having a hard time. He's really going through it He's going right now. through it. Yes, he's going through it. Oh, he's like yelling. He's very upset with Buffy now at this point too. just back off. And then they have this conversation where basically he says some of the things I said up top when Jenny and I were having the epic argument of 2019. <laughs> Um, they're going to just turn me into Joe normal. I'm just going to be another guy. It's not enough for you. Um, and Jenny, if it's all right with you, I'd like to play just a piece of this monologue, especially of, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, some of uh, her, her acting here and her lines, I think are really powerful. So that's what this is about. You're going to die over some macho pissing contest. It's not about him. It's about us. You're getting stronger every day, more powerful. I can't touch you. Every day, you're just a little further out of my reach. You want to touch me? I'm right here. I'm not the one running away. Not yet. So you have this all figured out? 
I'm bailing because you're not in the super club. It's human nature. Don't psych 101 me. Not now. Not after everything that... Nobody has ever known me the way you do. Nobody. I've opened up to you in ways that I've never opened up to. God, you're just sitting back there thinking that none of this means anything to me. I never said that. Because it obviously doesn't mean anything to you. Do you think so little of me? Buffy. No. No. Do you think that I spent the last year with you because you had superpowers? If that's what I wanted, then I'd be dating Spike. Riley, I need you. This Sarah Michelle Gellar cry has got to be ranked up there with the top cries. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, she's just a master of the craft, really. Truly. But it's, it's like, I don't I, I don't know if you know this, listeners, but I'm doing another podcast at the moment about my so-called life. And Claire Danes is whew, really up there with the master of criers. Um, and so it's a lot for me. You know, I'm watching like two women just really cry very well many times in a week. <laughs> taking an emotional <laughs> toll on me uh, but she's she's really upset and I don't know I mean Jenny what do you feel about this because up at the top we were talking more from like a Riley vantage point of like does he or doesn't he have any misogyny in his need to blah 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 blah, blah. but you know Riley posits uh and it sounds like Emily Nussbaum posits that Buffy is not there right like she isn't she, but but Buffy herself is positing that she is here and so I'm just wondering what your what your take on it is I think that this is like a moving scene I feel like both of these characters are doing their best to reach out to the other person right and be transparent and be honest and and direct um I just think that it's possible like I I think what I take away from this and from like the next scene with them uh, mm -hmm. post Riley's surgery or the next scene where they're alone post-surgery right. what I get from this is that uh Buffy can't give Riley what he needs I feel like Buffy doesn't have what Riley needs to offer right so I and, agree with that and, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Riley for needing something and I don't think there's anything wrong with Buffy not being able to give it to him I think it's just like a sad situation right I'm there I'm there with you for most of that but I think that I need to do more thinking about what it is that Riley needs and what it is that Buffy can't give Riley because that's the piece that seems pivotal to me of you know because this scene is so moving and uh, I just feel that Buffy is loving him as much as she can love somebody um and yeah and I, I think that's the problem like I think right Right. And so I agree with you that like it's not wrong of Riley to perhaps need more than that. But I, I just I'm not like I hadn't like distilled it down to the, its finest essence yet. And maybe I never will. But I, I don't know. I'm not ready to not be angry with Riley. I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm still feeling like uh, you have this person who loves you and who is also saving the world. Um, perhaps I don't know, like maybe they should at least have a deeper conversation than these like I don't know. They're just like spinning around out here talking about it kind of like generally. And I feel like they love each other. Talk about it a little bit more, you guys. I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see. Let's cut to 
the med school room where <laughs> oh my god give mercedes mcnab her emmy yes harmony is like blah blah they say the real sex organ is this brain and then she looks <laughs> into his brain and basically this is what happens uh in in my mind this is what happened as soon as she looked at uh spike's brain and she was like it's all pink and wriggly i heard pink when you're blushing inside Okay, I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it. Welcome back to the other side of Janelle Monet. Um, so like Harmony asks if she can touch his brain and the doctor and Spike, who we immediately learn is still conscious, say in unison, no. <laughs> And then, oh my God, I fucking love this shit where Harmony's like, do you even know what it means that he like can't kill doctor? <laughs> he can't even pick flowers. And Spike gets so defensive about, <laughs> yes, he can pick flowers. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I would think not being able to pick flowers would be more of an issue with like being nocturnal. Because don't flowers close overnight? Am I? Some do. Uh, not all flowers, though, I don't think. Hashtag not okay. all flowers. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so Buffy and Riley get up to the doctor's office, and, of course, everyone is unconscious on the ground. Um, Graham immediately wakes up, and, you know, Riley's like, how many fingers am I holding up, man? And he's like, 17. Hostile 17. <laughs> <laughs> and then... We cut back to uh, I've I've dubbed this location med school. Uh, oh, true. <laughs> yeah. What even is this? I place? don't know. There's so many X-rays of a brain um, all over the place, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> X-rays of a brain. Also, guys, I'm I'm up for Doctor of the Year. Yes. Uh, Spike does yet another dramatic monologue about the Slayer's blood where he's like, I'm going to bathe in it, dive in it, swim in it. I'm going to do the backstroke in it. <laughs> and we're all like, wow, buddy. Now when I um, get to things that I'd like to nominate for sexual attention, they get an asterisk. So that has an asterisk next to it. No oh, spoilers. Okay. Are we ready? Should we, should we do the sexual attention awards now while we're bathing in the Slayer's blood? Oh, we actually have to wait until the end. Oh, like, right. So totally yes, yes, yes. Because that one thing. I'm okay, so sorry. Cool. I got so excited that I forgot. I know. About... I know. I know. Okay. So before we get to the sexual ascension awards, uh, Harmony is smoking into Spike's brain. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> There's this like weird like birth sort of analogy that's happening where she's like i see it spike i see the chip oh god and then she's like it, it's like nestled in there like a little easter egg and yeah. your brain is like the green plastic grass and we're all like Wah. yeah and then the doctor's like plunk and we're all like oh well, my well, well, god well 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 harmony is smoking oh right and yes. he says could you put that out, please? It's really not allowed. And she's like, yes, says who? And he like gestures to a no smoking sign. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I totally didn't see the sign. I'm so embarrassed. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And as her back is turned, he drops what we're meant to believe is the chip into the little uh, surgery bucket receptacle, yes. whatever. <laughs> 
Jenny and I, uh, we have lab coats, so. Yeah, we've got two lab coats. We've got specialties. We've got fields of study. It's not a big deal. So after the plunk of the penny into the surgery bucket, uh, (laughs) Buffy busts in. And now you might remember from Real Me, there was a moment where Harmony tried to deliver the line. Like Slayer, at last we meet, and it was really <laughs> funny. Spike delivers it here in the way that Harmony, I think, was after. His delivery yeah, yeah. of Slayer is fucking hot. I'm like, yes. Yeah, so great. Also, so his, like, the cocking of his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that he, like, leaps up. Mm. Yeah. Yes. It's good. Harmony, being her sexiest self, shoots Riley in the leg because she fucking slips oh, again. Buddy. Oh, buddy. I love her. Um, oh, and, so slippy. Yeah. And then, of course, we learn that Spike cannot hurt Buffy because the surgeon has not taken the chip out of his head. He has just opened up his brain and closed up his brain again. <laughs> yeah. They're fighting. They're fighting. They're fighting. And then Riley has a heart issue. Yeah, Riley down. finally collapses. And instead of taking advantage of the fact that Riley is down, Buffy is distracted, and the doctor is just a regular they guy. They just leave. Spike and Harmony are like, let's get out of here. Yeah, I agree. I had the same note. Like, why? Why? But okay. Then before, uh, or maybe as Riley is having his heart surgery, we get... <laughs> fucking spike being like buffy 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 and he says a lot of things about buffy but the one i wrote down is her shampoo commercial hair too (laughs) interesting (laughs) yeah i wonder where that could be leading yeah he picks up an entire headstone and throws it against another headstone he grabs harmony he is feeling tense tense yeah he's real stressed out Mm. and he's not gonna take it anymore and riley is all patched up, back to normal. Buffy's like, see, still touchable. And he's like, <laughs> and then literally seconds, seconds after Riley is out of his surgery from his life-threatening yes. condition, yes. Buffy's like, cool, gotta go check on my mom. Bye, you're yes. fine, right? Mwah. This yeah. sucks. This is exactly what we're talking about. Right. Like, but is there's, your partner, there's also, your partner almost died. Call your mom. She has a phone. Listen, Jenny, you're allowing for Riley to have a lot going on in his life, but I feel you perhaps are not allowing Buffy to have as much going on in hers. First of all, the way that this scene is done is weird because just in general, like he just had, we are to believe, heart surgery. Um, I just can't imagine. (laughs) It's just like a little bandage. I know. And he's like sitting up and the doctor's gone. Like, peace, man. Good luck. (laughs) Like. Yeah, they're like, yeah, just um, uh, put your shirt on and, and check out with the front desk when you leave. Right. Bye. So it's weird already because I feel like if if we are to believe that this happened, Riley would not be up and about. And I and I think it would read a little bit differently if he was not up and about. And Buffy was like, peace, I'm going to leave you in this classroom. But the way that it's done, it seems like he's about to just like hop off that table and like go get a new pair of pants because the doctor had to rip his to get to his artery in his leg, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so anyway, yes, it is. I, I'm with you that like we're all kind of like, ooh, you are just leaving him right away. But I, since you gave so much layer to Riley, I would like to add that there's a lot going on here for Buffy too because she has just had her boyfriend basically tell her that he doesn't know how to love her because she is the slayer, a piece of her that she can't figure out. And that just last episode, she was wondering upon splitting herself in two so that she could feel normal. So I think she's got a lot going on as well. Sure. Yes. Um, Yes, she does. Okay. 
And as usual, Buffy's needs come before everyone else's, even the guy who just had heart surgery. Yes. So then Graham, still at the exact same emotional level he's been at uh, since the beginning of the episode. (laughs) You don't belong here. There's nothing for you. You used to have a mission, and now you're what? The mission's boyfriend? The mission's true love? You belong with us. And then and then we hear uh, swelling out from the background. You're on the phone with the girlfriend. She's nice. upset. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, cool. We rock. Great. Uh, I would like to point out as we transition into what we know is a dream, but we do not know is a dream when we first start watching it, that Spike in his dreams wears incredibly fancy this shirts. Is- <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is our first indication that it's a dream. Spike is wearing a black shirt with like a black floral or paisley pattern on it. And it's almost like, is this Buffy's dream? Because that looks like a shirt that somebody else would wear. Angel would wear. But but what if that's what it is? Like, what if Spike is... Oh, my God. In his dreams, he's like more like Angel. Yes, boy! <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want to let you know that I'm so engrossed in this show and the characters that I, in my mind, just panicked that Spike might listen to the episode and hear us say that and be mad. Oh, my God. Spike's not real. Spike's not real. I'm He definitely fine. doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, like, what if that's like an element that, you know, we know where the stream is going and we know that the uh, only other vampire that we know of who has uh, made out with Buffy wears pretty ornate shirts and stands uh-huh. very close to the fire. Uh-huh. Um, hopefully future Spike dreams will have uh, open flame. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so he's wearing a really oh fancy God. shirt. The drama. Take me out of a world that has you in it. Oh my God. This is like a, po- it's like a, it's like a vampire porn. This is like, this is the scene that launched uh-huh. 500,000 fanfics for sure. Mm-hmm. I should have done this years ago. She holds up the steak. He <laughs> rips his shirt off. Shirt he off. Says, kill me just do it kill me and she can't she cannot kill him she can't they have to kiss and then they have to be like what and then they have to kiss more and then they're like i love you i love you (laughs) and then spike wakes up in what must be the coldest of sweats and is like fuck yeah exactly the non-censored version of this episode was him waking up and saying fuck (laughs) (laughs) but instead he says oh god no oh god no oh god what is gonna (laughs) happen what a way to end an episode wow sometimes i do wish i could get in a time capsule and go back and watch it in real time because like this is the end of an episode where you are on your landline phone you are slamming those buttons they are beeping your best friend is picking up and you are (laughs) screaming for a minute at least before you can even form words oh my god shit wow i'm so worked up jenny i think now it's time yeah now it's definitely time Okay, so here we are. The final countdown of the Sexual Tension Awards for Season 5, Episode 4, Out of My Mind. Are you ready? (laughs) 
Okay. 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 Settle. I want you to know that I did that whole thing. Like I did the whole thing with a giant mouthful of water because you like I wanted to make sure that I hit it in good comic timing, but I couldn't oh swallow God. the water. So you should oh be more God. impressed. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Even more impressed. Okay. <laughs> so first up, you can vote for our first set of nominees, Willow and Tara for that steamy palm reading really actually pretty bad palm reading but like it's going somewhere scene but where's that palm gonna go next yeah i can't even begin to think about it and this is a family podcast okay and sure it is uh the second (laughs) our second nominees are are you ready spike and the doctor for that sexy little do me right I'm ready. Like, do Give you want him me, to doc. take the chip out or do you want him to unbuckle your belt, Spike? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> then, okay. Uh, our third pairing, our third option. Are you ready? It's Spike and the Blood of the Slayer. He seems pretty worked up about it. He wants to do the backstroke in it, for God's he sake. He wants to splash around in there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, fourth and finally, are you kidding? It's Spike and Dream Buffy. Come oh, my on. God. We've been waiting so, for a kiss like this for a minute, Riley. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't see Spike take off her boot in that scene, so I have yet to be convinced. Her boots just came off. Like, they just <laughs> fell off of her feet. <laughs> oh, my God, true. Okay, so if you want to be part of our democracy, please find the Twitter poll for this episode's STA is on our Twitter feed. We're at BufferingCast. You can vote there for a full week after this episode goes up. So join us. This beautiful exercise of... Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. 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 Settle. 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 Final count. Okay. Well, that's this episode. That is that this episode. So many it, things Jenny? happen. So many polarizing things. So many fun things. Oh, God. Mom and dad got in an argument at the top. But we're well, still fine. Look at us go. Of course we are. Oh, it's fun. I actually uh, recently had an all-ages pride party in Atlanta. Jenny and um, some of our wonderful buffering listeners came, and one of them came up to me, and they were like, you know, I really love the banter about Riley. And I'm like, it's fun that we disagree about something, right? Like, it is it is fun to kind of get into it. Yeah, um, I agree. Like, I mean, if you want to just, like, we could just have one host if we were going to agree about everything. Exactly. And it would be me. Um, anyway... <laughs> Jenny Owen Youngs when I'm not watching Buffy way more times than Kristen has. Wow. I'm usually <laughs> writing and recording songs. Uh, you can hear some of them at JennyOwenYoungs.com. And I'll tell you what, I've been putting songs out for the last few months. There's four out. I have an EP coming out next month in November. And uh, you can pre-order that also at my website. And you can find the songs that are out so far on streaming platforms and on Apple Music and all of that good business. You can also give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. Nice. And you can also listen to me talk about another petite blonde protagonist over on my other podcast, Veronica Mars Investigations. Yeah. I am Kristen Russo. 
Uh, and when I'm not watching Buffy for the, the second time, I will admit, just the second time, uh, I <laughs> can also be found watching my so-called life I'm about halfway through my rewatch of that series with Joanna Robinson, friend of our pod over here in a podcast called The Boiler Room. You can also find me working with LGBTQ communities. You can check out all of my work uh, over at kristinnoline.com. And I want to say that uh, I have my own Patreon account now. Uh, recently, because of the boiler room, I raised some funds to support that podcast and in doing so allowed people to donate talks to middle school and high school GSAs where I would Skype in uh, and talk with those GSAs. And there was such an amazing um, outpouring of interest from schools to like pick up one of these donated talks that um, over at my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Kristen Nolene, um, you can help support and donate on a monthly basis. And those donations will go to continue that so that I can donate more than just the six that I accrued from um, the boiler room. So uh, in addition to that, of course, it will support a lot of the other work that I do with LGBTQ communities. But I just wanted to plug it over here um, because you wonderful people are so good at supporting all of the things that we do. Oh, and you can also follow me on the internet at Kristen Nolene. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Buffering the Vampire Slayers on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast or drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. Also, you can now leave us a voicemail at our new phone number. It's 216-30-BUFFY. <laughs> Please leave us voicemails. We love them. Uh, you can support our work here uh, on our Patreon, where there are just tons of fun perks all over the place. I'm not even going to go into them. Just go over there and check them out. Uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash bufferingcast, or the easiest way to find everything that we do is by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com. From there, you can click on Patreon to join our Patreon family, or you can click on shop uh, and head on over and grab yourself some sweet merchandise. Um, it is the end of October, which means it is basically the holiday season. So now is the time. <laughs> Don't be like you always are scrambling, scrambling in December. Go on over there and get your loved ones some smash the patriarchy merch. That's what I always say. Right, Jenny? Uh-huh. You always say that. Always say that. So you can do that. And you can also um, go and rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us a ton. And it helps more people find our podcast so that we can take over the world. Wow. After you do all that stuff, don't forget to watch Eyes Wide Shut and then read a bunch of Reddit threads about what it really means. <laughs> Until next time.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.